This is Bridges of Hope with your host, John Matuthle, a renowned motivational speaker and cultural intelligence coach, facilitator, and bridge builder. This is Bridges of Hope, building bridges that connect destinies. What an incredible time that we're living in. This is the most exciting time for the church. Hallelujah. Yes, there's so many brokenness that is happening everywhere. And I believe also here in, 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 in Standard 10, you know, there are issues that you, you, you're grappling with and trusting God. But I want to say this. We are the people of hope. The church is called to give hope. So where there is hopelessness, the church comes with that hope. And you know, uh, it is in times like this that the, the light of the church must shine brighter. Amen? Do you believe it? Hey, This is the time where the light of the church must shine brighter. You know, it is in the evening now when you go outside. This is the perfect time that you, you get to appreciate those stars shining there in the sky. And they only come during the night. So what time is it? It's hope time. Hallelujah. And you know the scripture that is very close to my heart is in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 19. And I just want to encourage you. You can read it when you get back home. It says, For the whole creation waits in eager expectation. Not for the next exciting thing. Not for the next, you know, powerful uh, political leader. But for the sons of God. It is about the sons of God. It is about the people that God has called for a living hope. Ephesians says, Christ in us, the what? The hope of glory. Amen. So we all have Christ sitting in this place. I believe you know God. And the Bible says in the book of Daniel, those who knows their God shall make great exploits. We've got that hope inside of us. We don't even just give hope. We are the hope that the world is waiting for. So when we show up in a place, people must be able to identify, hey, listen, hope has just showed up. Come on. Hallelujah. When you walk into your business, people must just see that hope has come. Teachers in our school, working with those broken children, you know, there's so much fatherlessness in this nation. It's so crazy to see young children having to be fathers in their homes. Young girls having to be mothers and they have to parent themselves. But listen, when you walk in that classroom, when those children see you and they come in from that broken background where mommy and daddy are not there or if they are there, they are actually part of the chaos. They're always fighting. But when that teacher walks into that classroom and they look at you, hope must hit their hearts. 
And they, be, they must begin to smile and say, you know what? It's better here. It's better here. Because there is hope. And that hope has got hands and feet, isn't it? That hope can speak. It's got a voice. That hope can speak in a nation, can speak in a community, can speak in a family. That hope can give life. And that hope is me and you. Hallelujah. And I believe with all of my heart, you know, there's an incredible destiny over this nation, people. There is an amazing plan of God over South Africa. And I think we have actually, in a sense, um, you know, watered it down. We have undermined and sort of just, you know, put it aside and focus on other things. We haven't actually unlocked the plan of God for this nation. There is a reason why we've got all these nations that are forming one nation called South Africa. There's a reason why there is, a, there is an Africana nation that God has planted in this nation. There's a reason why there is an Indian nation that God has planted here. Kalats, Sutu, Zulu, Kozas, you name them all. It's not a coincidence that we all hear. It's God incident. God purposed it. He planned it. We are the only country in Africa that has the, the diversity that we have. There must be a plan. There must be a divine plan while we all end up, end up here. The question is, do we hear the sound that unlocks that plan? Or are we listening to the sound that is actually pushing us away from the plan? Because there, is, there are a lot of voices. Come on. There are a lot of voices that are speaking against the plan of God. And as I'm standing here, I just want to instill that thing in your heart. To know that you fit in in God's plan. You belong here. This is where God has planted you and this is where God wants you to bear your fruits. And this is where you will bear your fruits. All we need to do is to align ourselves with what God is doing in the time that we're living in. One of the things that is very close to my heart and I believe, I don't know, if we're really going to see the manifestation of of, of the sons of God, if we're going to see the revival hit. How many of you believe that the revival is already here? Can I see those hands? Amen? Don't be shy. This is the time. God is doing something in our nation. Don't focus on the, on the sideshow. You know, the enemy has got a, a sideshow. And I always say, the enemy has a sideshow, but God has a real show. Amen? And that is the show that we want to be part. I believe with all of my heart, God is busy doing something in this nation. God is moving in this nation. I've never seen what I am part of now. In fact, we had an, uh, uh, um, a little bit of a taste in Senegal. And that's why I speak with boldness. 
Because I know what I'm sharing and what we are sharing is not just good ideas. Amen? It's not a wishful thinking. You know, a lot of people, um, when, we, when, when people are going through these difficult times, you know, there's always, I wish. I wish that we can just get a good leader. I wish we can just... It's not a wish. It's the reality that God is creating over the nation. The revival is already here. And when God showed me that in Seneca, when that little Dorpy was almost at the verge of becoming the launch pad for the first and, and worst civil war in this nation, and how God intervened, not because there were uh, mediators, the people who were trained in mediation and all those, you know, those academic stuff. I'm not against the academic stuff, but we're talking about God intervening here. If it was not of God intervening, we wouldn't have been sitting here and enjoying this service tonight. This country would have been in full Civil war everywhere, barricades everywhere, people trying to protect themselves. It would have been a chaos. You know, if I tell a little bit of a testimony of what actually took place there. I'm 43, so I'm still a lighty. I guess, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess it's <laughs> and I know there are people here who are sitting here and they've been in the army and they know exactly what it feels like when you are standing there and you know that today I might not be able to come back home alive because war is in front of me. I don't think we understand, especially the young people in this country, I don't think we appreciate the, the kind of peace that God has blessed us in this nation. What it what it's like to really face war. And I know the country's already at war with itself in terms of crime and all these things happening. But when you are in an environment where there are two races facing each other, not singing is not a party, but they are heavily armed rifles and weapons and i mean everything that can threaten a life and they are in your town <laughs> and they're not even hiding the rifles they're not even hiding their pankas or whatever they have and you know that something bad is about to happen i mean at that time you know you're not in control <laughs> amen at that time, you know you're not in control. You don't know what's happening in the minds of the people. You don't know who's stupid who's going to do something stupid there and that is going to start a war. You are completely under no control. And all you can do is to pray and trust that God preserve our town and preserve our nation. The day before that 
um, big day on the 16th of October. We had a prayer. I think you will remember, Amanda. We had a prayer because we felt that we needed to lift up South Africa to God. And thank you because most of you, you joined in that prayer. And I remember driving away from the prayer meeting that evening. And I overheard two ladies talking. And the other one said, I, I heard on the news that, um, you know, Julius Malema is coming down to Senegal and he said he's going he's gonna to paint Senegal red. And I mean, we all knew that when, when, when Malema says he's coming, he's coming. But we also knew because of what we have seen before um, there at the court that the, the farmers are also coming. They're not going to allow Malema to have a party alone. <laughs> Amen. And they did come. So I hear this lady says, but today I also heard that there was a prayer taking place in the show crowd. And she said something powerful. I'll never forget that because that changed the way I looked at this situation and how God intervenes. And she said, I wonder if that prayer will work. I wonder if that prayer will work. I mean, I'm sitting in my car with my wife. I look at my wife and just, just, am I really hearing this? Immediately the Holy Spirit said, this is not your business. This statement is not addressed to you. It is addressed to God. And I said, God, only you know if that prayer will work. You know, it, it was almost like um, uh, Ezekiel experience when the Lord took him in the valley and he showed him South Africa, and South Africa was the tri bones, and everything was falling apart. And he said, Son of man, do you believe that these bones can come back to life? I love how Ezekiel uh, responded to that. He said, Lord, I do not know. Only you know. You be God, and I will be man. And immediately when he shifted, he understood that he's, un he's under no control. He cannot control this situation. This looks impossible because sometimes it must look impossible for the miracle to happen. And when he said that, the Lord said, now is time. Let's partner. Come on, people. We need to partner with God if we want to see a miracle happening in this nation. And when he partnered with God and then God said, let's speak together. Let's prophesy. And then a miracle happened. You know, three o'clock that day, I woke up three o'clock because we were, we, were, we were working, we were praying, and we had to pray for the place where the farmers are going to camp and where the, also the EFF supporters are going to, to camp. And I saw the first bus of the EFF supporters coming in into Senegal. I saw some of the first buckies driving in into Senegal. But guess what? I also saw the last bus around 6 o'clock of the EFF supporter driving out and some of the buckies. And no stone was thrown. No blood was shed. No bullet was shot. The Lord has, had worn the day. And when I saw that and I said, God, yes, the prayer did work. Come on. Hallelujah. Prayer work, people. It worked. But prayer with action.
with faith, doing something and partnering with God to bring healing, but also to bring restoration and to bring life. I believe that is what it will take to push our nation into the next level and the next season of God's destiny. Redemptive purpose for this nation. We are at the right place, as Arno said. The brokenness is a perfect place for a miracle to happen. Because we have come to the end of ourselves. I mean, everybody can see it everywhere you look. We have come to the end of ourselves. And that's why we need God. But this time, we not only pray. We like Nehemiah, you know. We're praying on the other side. We've got a truffle. On the other side, we've got a sword. So we are waging. We're going through. So we need people who are active, who can be salt and light. And as I close, we also need to honor one another for healing in this nation. There's so much about bad things and what has happened and this has happened and white people these black people these indians these and these i mean we all know the stories but when are we going to honor each other and say there is something in my brother's life there is something about this nation this africana people in this nation and we just want to honor that there's something about the Zulu people. There's something uh, amazing, something of God's gift upon Kalat's people. And we begin to bring that out. And I believe that is going to be part of us building the nation and bringing the nation together when we can start to honor one another. Honor one another, literally. We need to change the language. The narrative must change. Because the narrative that is prevailing out there is the narrative that divides us, always reminding us of our shortcomings, always forcing us to look back so that we cannot look what God has in front of us. And that's why we need to get young people, black and white, colored and Indian, they need to begin to hear this. And that's why I always say, when we have meetings like this, bring the young men some and revival because they are the people they are not the, the leaders in the future they are leading now the enemy is using them now he's not using and waiting to use them tomorrow he's using them now with drugs burning stuff they are the easiest one to be recruited if I want to ban something, I don't go to the old people. <laughs> I go to the young people. But here we are. The church is saying, no, let's, let them wait. We're going to use them tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Now. There is a sound of revival and reformation. And we need to align our people with that. Not listen to me, not rebellion and revolution. Because a revolution is birthed out of rebellious spirit. And revolutions did not even start 
in 1800s or whatever the history said, it started in heaven when the devil revolted against God and he wanted to put himself above anything that is God. And he started, he led the first revolution in the universe. And we can see that seed throughout the generations. That is not God's idea to bring change and transformation. God always comes with love that penetrates culture and nations and changes people from within. That's why we're saying, even when you talk about reformation, because I can tell you, I've been in politics. I've got background in politics. Amen? You can deliver the best, you know, service delivery, whatever you like. But if people don't change, if their hearts don't change, if their minds don't change, they will keep on breaking and breaking and breaking. That's why it's the double barrel is revival and reformation. Revival touching the hearts, changing the minds, and reformation with the mind is changed and the heart is changed. A changed heart and revived heart will revive the environment. Even the, cre the creation will rejoice. The animals, you know, the, the, the rhinos will rejoice and say, yes, now we can live in free. Nobody's going to come and poach us. Why? It's because there's a man and a woman who is changed. Can I pray with you tonight? Can we all stand upon our feet? And let's stand before God of heaven and earth. You know, one of the things that happened there during that day um, in Senegal, I remember vividly, I was sitting in my car and I was just waiting for uh, one of the political leaders to come and address because the Lord said, you stay here as a general, you keep the crown, you don't leave. So I stood there, I had to pray. And as I was in my car, the Lord visited me. And the Lord said, I'm looking for a man who can stand in the gap, who can build the bridge. Can you be that man? And I remember I cried so much because I understood what it meant. This was not a fancy thing. It meant that I will have to, I will be criticized and I will be isolated and some people won't like what I'm saying. And I remember crying in my car and I said, Lord, but I don't have a choice. I don't think I am that man, but can you find that man in me? And if I'm not that man, can you make me that man? And that's the same challenge I want to bring to you tonight. And God is saying, I'm looking for a man and I'm looking for a woman who can build a bridge, who can bring healing, who can save a generation, a young generation. Are you that man? Are you that woman? And as we pray tonight, I want you to answer that for yourself. You're not too old. You're not too young for God to use you, even for the nation, even for the generation. But wherever you're standing, can you just close your eyes? And in your own way, you know your father. He knows you. 
You love him. He's got a way that he talks to you. Can you talk to him tonight about this mantle? Oh, Father, we are just mere men and women. Some of us, we're standing here and we're thinking to ourselves, are we worthy even to be used of you? And we're wondering, where are we going to start living from this place? Father, I pray tonight for each and every one of these precious souls. Open their eyes, Lord. Open their ears to listen to the whisper of your spirit as he guides them, Lord, to become that change. Give them grace. Give them favor. Send your angels with them, Lord. And let them taste what it's like to labor with you in your field. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.